Welcome to the Sporting Ones Fantasy Premier League podcast. Hala for a Salah. I here on a Wednesday night for your game week four edition with my co-host Haydos. How you going, Haydos? Yeah, going well, Paulie. A bit with a bit better week for me this week, so feeling better than I did this time last week. So back to being the uh, fantasy oracle that we know you as. It would look as if that is the case. Yes, I think I. Uh, Top scored in our legs, so that's always uh, nice to buffer the credentials there of the the oracle. Well, was it enough to bump me off though? Off top spot, mm. um, I think you know the answer to that. Not yet, but you're coming, and that's the main thing. The fantasy oracle is back, and he's uh, in business. So, um, I didn't have as great a week. I did the three transfers. Last week, so I had the two free, plus I did the extra run with the negative four. Um, I didn't have a great week, but that's more because of Harry Kane and more than anything else. But the players I got rid of ended up working. So Barkley, uh, Perez, and Zinchenko all went out the uh, all went out of the side. And fair to say, Barkley and Perez didn't hurt me. Lucky with Zinchenko that Harry Wilson slotted an absolute blinder of a free kick to ruin a City clean sheet. So that helped me immensely. And then I brought in John McGinn from Aston Villa, who just happened to get a 94th, 95th minute assist. Um, Anthony Martial, who also got an assist, but may be injured. And then uh, the luckiest assist I reckon I've ever seen or ever gotten in Fantasy Premier League was the Leicester defender, because he was cheap and I was looking for cash for Martial. Soyunku from Leicester, the Turkish defender, oh, hopefully I've pronounced that correctly or close to it, with a back header which landed on the foot of Harvey Barnes who volleyed it in from about just on the edge of the box. So that's the luckiest assist I ever got. So my tra- my transfers worked, but there were some heavy hitters that um, didn't really come to the... So ha- mainly Harry Kane and... Um, Kyle Walker's Peters. I'm wondering why he's still in my side when he hasn't scored me any points at all. And Lucas Dingney was the other one who didn't produce. But other than that, 53 with the uh, negative four, it kept me around the mark. Mm. Yeah, I scored uh, 68, so a little bit better. Um, the one transfer that I did was uh, Lundstrom, who came in for Target, who didn't end up playing. Both got a zero, so effectively um, I gained neither here nor there. Although technically I probably lost the point because I would have had uh, an emergency come on. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, it all went pretty well. Um, stealing captain Salah with 15 against Arsenal, that was a bit of a bonus. And uh, Jimenez with a 97-minute penalty and three bonus points to boot. So um, that bumped my score up a little bit on the Monday morning. Yeah, so the Jimenez, probably the difference, and your captain choice of uh, Sterling was probably the difference between the two, whereas I want a captain choice of Harry Kane, who should have really, well, I mean, had Newcastle at home. I don't know how much easier in a fixture you're going to get, and somehow your mob of Spurs contrived to lose from having 30 shots and 80% possession, which I thought used to be a Liverpool trade a couple of years ago, but clearly you've taken that mantra on board. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like sometimes these really plum fixtures just don't pay off, and that's the difficulty of this game. That nothing is assured. 
there was there was a there was a thought just just a thought running through my head thinking this is a plum fixture i should put triple captain on harry kane and then that thought quickly went away as i remembered what happened with ibrahimovic and sunderland uh, a few years ago and then i decided nope i'll just play him as captain and that didn't work so it goes to show if you can get your captain half right it goes a long way to uh getting your points up for the week so what did um sterling score eight you got eight, yeah. So therefore, you got a sixteen. So whereas I played Kane, who got a two, that's a four. So there's a twelve point differential right there. Yeah, that's pretty much the game. That's it. So plans for this week for me are, despite a lower week, I'm looking at doing nothing unless Martial is ruled out, and even then. I'm still going to throw it up as to whether I put Neon Donker on field or whether that opens it up for Greenwood and he comes on. So what's your plans? Are you looking to transfer? Are you looking to hold? And now the reason why I'm holding people is because I realise after this game week, it's the international break. So that will allow me to have two transfers and then if need be, I can take a hit of a negative four like I did last week and get three players in. Mm. Um, well, I've already made my transfer, although I fluffed it a bit because um, after Timu Puki did what he did once again against Chelsea, um, I had to get him in, although I missed the price rise by probably about 20 minutes, um, which was a bit of a shame. But uh, it was the only way that I could get him before he went up again, which he has already. So, um yeah, at this stage, he'll be the one trade that I'll make. Um, probably not looking at making a minus after scoring well last week. So I might just leave it at that. Okay, so who's going out? Uh, Josh King made way. Ah, uh, yeah, nice, nice call. Nice call at all. So that brings me to, well, Pookie or no Pookie? Again, I'm asking the same question, I know, but it, it's one that's got to be on our minds given he scored again. Um but there's other options around that that are providing options. So uh, Ashley Barnes is significantly cheaper, but keeps on scoring for Burnley at 6.6, 6, 6.7. Um, is that significant, is it? Well, when you compare it to seven, yes. Okay. Um, Josh King is down to 6.4, but I'm prepared to hold given his fixtures. Um which look relatively green from here. But you took the risk and went pookie, so that's neither here nor there. So this week they've got Leicester, and then they've got, I think, two home games. So in the next month, so they've got uh, Everton at home, Southampton away, and West Ham at home. So Josh King does prefer the comfort of home. Uh, well, he did last season. Hopefully, he still does, and I'm prepared to bide my time on that. And the other one that we've seen come to light, also at the same price point as now Pookie, pretty much, um, because he hasn't moved, is uh, Tammy Abram. Two goals. Looks like he's got that lone, well, not lone striker, but the main striker role at Chelsea, which means if they get it into him enough, he's going to score goals. And we saw that last week when he scored two and was in the team of the week. And I almost worked him into the uh, into the header. Um, but Haller for uh, West Ham got that because he also got the same amount of points, 13. Also, Haller's an option, 7.5, 7.6. So around that same sort of mark. Again, West Ham, not bad fixtures. He's going to be the main striker. They do tend to score goals. They leak a lot of goals, but they do tend to score them as well. So there's a few options around the Pookie mark. But 
what I would say, which is going to lead into a different topic, after game week five, Norwich's fixtures are pretty plumb that you could pretty much go for Pookie then, or you take the risk now knowing that they've got West Ham away and then City to come. That's the only issue is the City game. That's the only reason why I'm holding back from getting Pookie in until game week five. I think the main motivation to get him in was just the fact that you knew that his price was going mm. to rise still because if people had their doubts before, and I, I was one of them, you were one of them, Yep. Um, doing it against Chelsea, although Chelsea probably not going to be as uh, sound as normal in defence, um, yeah, that was a good enough sign that, yeah, maybe he is the real deal. So, um, yeah, that coupled with the price rise, I mean... Yeah, I think he was too good to pass up because, it, you know, by game week 10, if he keeps going, it could be, you know, 7.5 and, you know, that's a lot of money, as you say. Yeah, same as Jimenez last year. Pretty much trending along the same lines. Um, I was a little concerned. I was watching, I think it was Premier League today or one of the Optus Sports shows that I'm usually watching. And there was a, there was a quote from a Spurs manager. We're unsettled at the moment. Mauricio Pochettino reckons Spurs are unsettled at the moment. That's an issue for me and a red flag at the moment, and that's not good for me because I've got two Spurs players. I'm hoping one of them isn't unsettled, and I'm hoping he's going to score some goals. The other one, I just need him to be more solid with his teammates at the back. Yeah, I think um, it's probably in reference to he doesn't really know who his best starting lineup is. Um, he had Ericsson coming off the bench against Newcastle. Well, is Ericsson still going to be there? I mean, there's still, what, three days left of the European transfer window. Is that partly what he means? Maybe maybe Ericsson's causing some trouble behind the scenes. Well, could be. I, I don't know. You might be more across it than me, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I, him not starting is probably pretty much one of the first times I've ever seen that happen, so potentially. Mm. And then you've got Sun, you've got Lamella in good form, so he's creating waves. There's Lucas Moira, there's Harry Kane. Tottenham is starting on the bench. Yeah, well, that's strange because I saw Davison and Chanchez and Ida Wayworld, and I'm like, hang on, where's the Tongan? Oh, he's on the bench. What? So he's broken up the most successful, or what I believe to be the most successful centre-back pairing that you've got, and put... Vertonghen on the bench. I just couldn't fathom it. Um, and then, yeah, your attack is maybe it's not in sync because it doesn't know who what the best attack is. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And they got Deselso as well, which they don't really know. Oh, M Dombele. Yeah, he he got injured though, so um, that solves that. You know, that probably could be a reason why uh, the defense didn't hold up as well this week. But yeah. Um, so in terms of a fantasy perspective. What do we do? Do we hold? Do we wait? Or do we sell and then get back in when we think that Spurs might be hitting their straps, if they hit their straps? Well, it's all up for debate. Um, at the moment, they're not scoring well, so maybe you've got to get rid of them. Mm, and Harry Kane is one of them. Even though he scored two on the opening week, he's done little since. So he does, though, however, have one of his favourite sides this week. Who's that? That would be Arsenal. Mm, Arsenal. Speaking of Arsenal, is it time that we get in their attacking assets? Because after the uh, Spurs match, I believe they have an incredible fixture run as well. So therefore, 
you could be swapping Spurs for uh, Arsenal, um, which would be maybe you want to switch sides in North London. And that could be the option. So what what do the fixtures look like for Arsenal after the Spurs match? Well, they got Watford. They got Aston Villa. Cool. They yep. got United. And then after that, it really opens up. But the main thing with Arsenal is if they play at home, they are a sure thing to score. So they play Spurs at home. And you back them to score. The way the Spurs defence is at the moment, I'm backing that it could be something like last season's result. Was that? A, I think it was a four-two to Arsenal at the Emirates, and both defences were horrible. And look, to be honest, the Arsenal fence isn't much better at the moment, despite their acquisitions, because they haven't been able to come in yet. So it's essentially the same defences against each other. It could be a goal fest. Yeah, it could well be. Um, but yeah, I really like Abamyang. Um, he's one of those players that just has a knack of scoring. Um, always a threat. Even if he uh, starts as a sub, he'll, he'll come on and he will have an impact. So yeah, and then Lacazette, although sometimes uh, Yuna Emery plays uh, some guessing games with his lineup and, and won't start him. He, pl- he plays Russian roulette because Pe- there's Pepe there as well now. And we saw glimpses of what he could be potentially doing. Add to that, you've got Ozil coming back in from his security concerns. Um, and that was a little, yeah, well, he did get hijacked. So, and then the North London gang just wanted to uh, get revenge, but that seems to have been sorted out somehow for Ozil. Um, and they've also got um, Sabias from uh, Real Madrid on loan. So, they're attacking options. They've never been questioned, but it's just a matter of which ones are going to play. And the two that are nailed on for me that are going to play from watching them are Saboyas and Aubameyang. I just can't trust Lacazette that he's going to play every week because it almost feels like Uno Emery's just spinning a wheel. And if his number comes up that week, he plays. Yeah, pretty frustrating. But uh, I reckon I like those two as well that you just mentioned. So... And so- and and they're at different price points as well. So Bamiyang is at your high end, mm. and then Sabayas is at the moment at your lower end. So you can afford to almost do both in a in a double transfer. Yeah. The only thing with uh, Bamiyang at the moment is he hasn't managed to score a bonus point. So when he's only scoring, say, one goal for the week, six points, eleven mil, it's not amazing value. Still better than two from Kane. That's true, but. Um, yeah, you'd expect him to hit some pretty decent heights, especially when uh, their fixtures really tend to open up. Yeah, and we also need to remind everyone that he was a uh, joint uh, Golden Boot winner last season as well. True, true. All right, so leads into yeah what we said about Norwich before, players after game week five. So other than Pookie, because we all know what Pookie can do and we all know what Pookie's done so far and he is the leading uh, FPL player points wise just ahead of um, Salah and Sterling you've got to look at guys that are getting the ball to him so Buendia is much like your uh, I guess what you'd call your Matinho um, just seems to get those assists that you need and Tends to score well as well, can score a goal as well. So Buendia is a very good option. 
Uh, Cantwell is a local lad who is at 4.6, I think might be even 4.7 now, who's managed to score a goal, but also, again, has that assist ability in the midfield. And then in defence, they've um, probably the one that you'd want to select is Hanley, who, again, he's at a very low price, uh, price point, but he's getting games, and he's got a bit of job security at the moment. I think he's at 4 or even 4.1. It wouldn't be any more than 4.1. Um, so those are three options to consider from Norwich that provide good value. Even then, goalkeeper-wise, Tim Krull's still there. So he's at 4.5. So there's options galore with Norwich that you could set yourself up with three Norwich players. And I don't think I'd ever say this about um, a Norwich side, but you could set yourself up with three Norwich players. And even if you had to rotate one or two, um, for the for the fixtures that they've got, it'd be worth it for that period of time. And they seem to be scoring pretty consistently. Obviously, Pookie's a big reason of that. So, um... and and that's down to the system that they play because they've got a German manager. I can't his name is, um, escapes me at the moment, but it's it's very similar to the system that Klopp plays. So you know they're going to score goals. That's not in question, and especially with a quality finisher like Pookie up front, they're going to score. So. It's just a matter of whether you want to take the risk defensively, but definitely midfield, Buendia and Cantwell are worth the uh, worth the dollars that they're priced at. Mm. Um, other teams to look at from attacking perspective as well is West Ham, who have a pretty decent run of fixtures. Which is why Haller becomes an option as well. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, Le, oh, my guy from last year, uh, Manuel Linguini. Mm. Or Lanzini. Anderson, if he can get fit and mm. up and running, because he, he had a really good stretch um, probably in two different periods last year from he, memory. He did. Um, and he did look up until, I think it only came in the last couple of game weeks, but he actually had a really solid preseason. So it shouldn't take him long to get up to speed too. Mm. And then uh, Aston Villa as well. They've got some pretty decent uh, fixtures as well. Ahead. Which brings in Johnny McGinn and uh, Wesley as well. So... All right, so those are good sides to look at. Um, so, yeah, obviously Everton still have good fixtures. Um, defensively, they're going all right up until last week. So with uh, Dignay and uh, Coleman, uh, Yeni Mina is one to watch out for because with um, Zuma now at Chelsea and entrenched in the Chelsea defence, it's opened up that starting spot for... Mina to play, and he, as we know at the World Cup, he can score ahead of goal. So he's one to look out for at 5.6. But I'd be wary of playing a double Everton defence. I don't think I'm too much of a fan of that. So Gerdson still, a lot of people are jumping off, but the moment you jump off, I guarantee you he will start scoring. Um, we've seen it happen many times before. He has proven fantasy... Um, player and he's only a matter of time before he steps back up to the plate so Everton are still ones to watch um Chelsea as well defensively they look uh they have a pretty favorable draw defensively they got Sheffield this week um and then game week seven they got Burnley Southampton after that Newcastle so all right from that perspective I'd be looking at two options uh, if you don't have Kepper as keeper, I'd be looking at Emerson. He seems to have taken that spot from Alonso now and seems to be the one in Frank Lampard's favour, as you would say. And obviously, Azpilicueta, although I did notice that the lineup, Azpilicueta was playing centre-back and Zoom was playing right-back, 
which I found considerably strange, but maybe Lampard see something in Zuma as a right back. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, Zuma and, and Azpilicueta would be the other ones to uh, to look at from a dispensive aspect. Captains, where this is where we make the points or where we don't. This week, I can only look at one person from my side for captaincy. They've got Brighton at home. They are the Leeds' most attacking side, I would say. And there's plenty of options, but it's just about nailing those options. Three options I would go to from this side, and you'll know it when I hear it. Aguero, Sterling, the Bruyne versus Brighton would be the ones I'd go. You could also go, <laughs> this is if you want to play Pep's Russian roulette wheel. David Silva, Mares, Bernardo Silva. Hmm. Yeah, wouldn't be doing that. I think uh, if you've got Sterling or Aguero, they're pretty safe uh, captaincy choices this week. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Sterling there. Uh, Burnley away, so you'd look at uh, Salah and Mane. And if I remember rightly, no, that was at Bournemouth. No, I'm not remember rightly. They got rested against Burnley. Um, but Salah and Mane are an option against Burnley. They won't be rested this time around because... Uh, They've had a week between games, so I would imagine that they both play along with Firmino if you want to take the uh, ultra sort of differential captain pick. Uh, Man United are away to Southampton. They did play all right at Wolves, but it's just a matter of where the Martial gets up. So Pogba, Martial, Rashford would be the ones against Southampton, I would think. Um, Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount would probably be the two that I'd look at from Chelsea's perspective. And then the other differentials that could come into line, Leicester have Bournemouth at home, and Vardy did get on the score sheet last week. So he may just have found his mojo again. And that was from one of the best assists you'll ever see from James Madison who would be the other one, who can also score a dead ball as well. So those would be the options that I'd look at for captaincy this week. But for mine, don't play differential early. Just go with a safe option and, and nail on Sterling. But there is one other game, which we know will score goals, that you could take the risk of these four players. Pepe, Son, or Bamiyang, and Kane. Yeah, um, high risk, high reward, that one. But um, yeah, uh, well, we do expect there to be some, some free-flowing football in that game. So you, uh, hopefully some goals and some points for those players. Well, at the moment, look, I say it loosely because Arsenal couldn't defend last season. They did get taught a lesson against Liverpool. Tottenham at the moment can't defend and we're loose in this fixture last season. Obama Young scored twice. Kane's got a habit of scoring against Arsenal. So it's high risk, as you say, but also could be high reward. So if you're um, after a bit of risky business, then I would uh, look at either Orba or Kane. All right, time for the listener questions. All right, let's get into it. Who we got? All right, we've got Paul S. from SA. Now, as we were discussing earlier, very pertinent Lucas Moira 
Keep or sell? Discuss. Mm, yeah, he's one of those fluky ones a bit as far as when he plays, he's decent, but then whether or not he starts each game week is uh, really the main thing you've got to work out. And the answer to that is who knows? Yeah, and, and the problem is, is like we mentioned, there's Lamella in form, Son's come back, Ericsson's there, Ali's working his way to fitness, Kane, where does Lucas Moyer fit in? And where do the others fit in? That's where I think Pochettino's got no clue because last season he played Lucas Moyer at the start and it worked well for those few game weeks when Son was out injured, I think, from memory, or coming back from the World Cup. And then there was a period where Lucas Moyer wasn't in favour. And then when Harry Kane was injured, he was back in favour and even took you pretty much all the way to the Champions League final. And now he's back out of favour, even though he signed a new contract at the end of last season. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one. He did start last week, though. Um, just didn't start the week before against City, but he scored. So, yeah, it's a tough one. I think you got to get rid of him when he's 7.5 or whatever he is, hovering around that mark. There's probably better options. Um, well, you could switch straight to a Mason Mount. Yeah, who uh, looks pretty assured there. Yeah, or Sabias or anything and save cash and use it elsewhere. That's right, and just have a bit more game time security. So I think you've got to move him on, Paulie. Yeah, move him on. All right, Alex B from SA. He's got a couple of options. Um, so Greenwood and Perez for Barnes and Gwendozi. No, not sure on Gwendozi. I know where he's coming from. He's trying to create a bit of, um, I think, a bit of a balance with cash. Greenwood and Robertson, so Andy Robertson. Interesting because we said last week, I don't think you can have two in the Liverpool defence. And Robertson, for mine at the moment, is one that would be the most likely that you'd sell. Um, for Haller, as we were discussing earlier, and Lundstrom. Um, or Perez for Lanzini, as as you, as you said, with uh, the West Ham fixtures. Quite nice. Um, or he's willing to wait on Marshall's injury, uh, injury news to see if he trades him or not. Or... The other option is, does he wait with, say, the cover he's got for Dion Donka for Martial and wait to make those trades, say, a week later when he knows that, okay, I can have two free, I've got the international break, if I need to make a third, I can. Mm. Um, I reckon uh, Perez for Lanzini is not, not a bad option. It's only the one transfer, so it's not going to um, go into negatives. Um, and with Martial, it's not overly serious, we think, so maybe... Dion Docker could just fill in for the week. Yeah, well, hopefully we'd know and saw the Friday press conferences, which would come out sort of um, Friday night, Saturday morning our time, that we know, given no Friday night game this week, that we'd know sort of ahead of time whether Martial's playing or not and whether we need to trade him or not. Um, in two op- I'd go with either option of holding. Or Perez for Lanzini. It just depends on whether you see value in holding Perez and seeing if he can perform against Bournemouth at home. That's the only other option, I'd, I'd say. Um, what would you lean towards, Perez and Lanzini? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, so I'm hold or Perez and Lanzini. All right, Kevin T, is it time to move on? Jeez, there's a lot of people unhappy with Perez. Oh, I was one of them, but I got rid of him. Um, is it time to move on Perez for Mount? I think uh, we've already sort of decided on that. And... As we've discussed, is Pookie a no-brainer? Um, yes, and yes, even though Pookie still does have Man City, 
where that's obviously probably going to be a blank. But um, other than that, the Pookie train rolls on. Yeah, the Pookie train rolls on. Pookie up, as we would say. And Perez to Mount, I'm a fan of that because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I reckon Mount was about the same price as Barkley. So you're actually going down from Perez to Mount, but Mount's in better form and probably has um, reasonable fixtures as well. So, yeah, I'd probably guess to both. All right, Adam J, is Greenwood excellent value if Martial is ruled out? Because it means that that striker spot would be completely open. And we know what Shulshire already thinks of him. Mm, Yeah, I didn't consider that. That could be a bit of a bonus for Greenwood options. Um, Well, sorry, for Greenwood owners. Um, Yeah, if you think that there's no other person who's going to step into that role, then, then yeah, maybe he could be given his chance. I guess the only other option is he could shift Rashford back in to that role that Martial's playing and shift... Daniel James that they've signed out wide. But I think Greenwood is as good a chance as any. So, yeah, Greenwood could become excellent value if Marshall is ruled out. So uh, good news kind of for Greenwood owners, although if you're Marshall and Greenwood owners, it's a um, bit of a conundrum. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, one to consider. All right, sorry, K. Is Siggy on the way out? And who was the best player? 6.5 or under? And three, three-edge question. Is it too early to jump on Jimenez at 7.4? I'll let the Jimenez owner answer that. Um, yeah, I love Jimenez. I reckon uh, he's pretty much an anytime uh, goal scorer threat. Uh, other than, you know, the really top teams. But uh, even then, we, we've seen that he can do it. So... I think uh, 7.4 is pretty good value for, for him, and he, and he gets bonus points too, which is always handy. Um, Siggy, look, you got to just either stick with him or just get rid of him and never look back because he's one of those where obviously he's going to have these good fixtures, do nothing, and then you'll get rid of him and then he'll score well. So, yeah, I don't envy being in that position anymore. Um, it's easier to just not have him, in my experience. So, so are you telling me he is on your never again list? Yeah, we know that. But okay. uh, yeah, uh, I'd be I'd be get rid of him because it is frustrating when you got someone who's eight mil and up against um, these teams that he should be doing well against, but he hasn't so far. Um, as far as best player under six point five, you'd be looking at your McGinns, your Mounts, um, Cantwell. Yeah. Um, there was one other that I just thought of, but it's a bias. Yeah, from his own beloved Arsenal. Mm. So, there's, so there's a few options there for him. And there's probably even a couple more that just sort of slip slip the mind at the moment. But they, those would be the four: McGinley, the creative influence at Aston Villa, same as Sabias at Arsenal, Cantwell having a stellar start at Norwich, and Mason Mount seems to be Lampard's favourite. At uh, Chelsea, and then the other one, if you can go up to seven, if I really love the way he plays, and he just showed what he can do last week, James Maddinson. If you can go up to seven mil, I'd recommend investing in Maddinson. Yeah, good call. 
All right. And um, first game this week. Who's first game this week? And what time is it this week? I believe it's back to normal time. So we've got so we've got an early game. Oh, it's on a Saturday. Saturday, Southampton Man United, which is at nine o'clock mm-hmm. Australian Central Standard Time, which means your deadline is eight o'clock Australian Eastern uh, Australian Central Standard Time on Saturday night. So you got a bit of time to tinker with your teams, and also to find out the key team news. So good luck with your transfers. Good luck with your trades. Now this is the. Um, First, the last game week before an international break. So after this week, there will be an international break. So we won't have any games the week after. And then it'll be the week after that, um, back on September the 14th, I think it is, that we'll have uh, games again. So just be aware of that. So going into an international break can be a way of setting up your side. Now, don't recommend you do it. But it's up to you. If you feel your side needs a bit of surgery, four game weeks gives you a window of what's happening in the season, and it can be a good time to use your wild card, capitalise on all the price rises, and get your side right. So after this weekend, that's when it all happens, and you'll see prices. If you're not used to the game, you'll see prices go up and down like crazy over that over that time period as people try and capitalise on the trends. So just be aware of that, people. But good luck with your transfers. Good luck with your trades. Remember um, to go to Podcast Central on Facebook for all your podcast needs. And by all means, even during the game week, send us your teams, send us your questions, send us your transfers on uh, Facebook, The Sporting One, Instagram, at The Sporting One, and Twitter, one underscore sporting. And this podcast is available on all your good podcast platforms. Uh, which I know most of you use is Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, CastBox, Spotify, and the one we're on, Anchor. All right, that's the sporting one signing off with the Fantasy Oracle. So enjoy your week, uh, rest of the week and weekend, people. All right, we'll see you next week. Good luck, guys. All right, good luck.